Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 33 of On the Flank. I am one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And uh, Joe, when it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. Um, but also, a lot of uh, a lot of Overwatch teams are on the flank now because they actually get to play DPS heroes, uh, which is very entertaining to watch. I'll tell you that much. Uh, there were a lot That's of true. there's a, there's still a lot of goats, still a lot of goats, uh, especially on some goats favored maps. Um, but when you when you went down when you went down to some places like Gibraltar, when you went down to Junker Town and all these all these maps that that have some Widowmaker action, have some just crazy, of course, wrecking ball three DPS comps. Uh, just all hell broke loose. It felt like, which was fantastic. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but we have we're gonna switch up uh, the order of things today because we have a bunch of pickups from last week that we missed out on the episode that of course uh, happened right after we recorded the podcast um, per usual and uh, it would be weird to talk about those uh, like after we already have talked about them when we recap the week so we're gonna go through news and then we'll recap the week uh, because most of the news is pretty old. Um, the first piece of news, though, Joe, Baby Bay to Atlanta. Um, this is this is a perfect perfect trade, right? Like Baby Bay, he's not going to have any playing time on San Francisco. His personality fits Atlanta perfectly, right? Pretty much. I mean, um, you know, and for a team that has four DPS players, um, that. You know, hasn't hardly used, uh, like we said, haven't hasn't used Baby Bay basically at all uh, so far this season. You know, San Francisco, I'm sure, would love to drop him, um, and you know, get some uh, some money out of it too from Atlanta. But Atlanta also definitely needed a DPS player uh, from last week when uh, uh, when uh, Defran retired. Obviously, uh, had a hole going into um, stage two that uh, then Baby Bay came in and filled uh, like immediately. Uh, you know, he played on Atlanta's first match um, this week against Boston um, and was doing pretty well, uh, especially for um, having just uh, transferred. Yes. Um, yeah, he looked pretty good, especially in those first two games. It was a reverse sweep, of course, which you'll get used to with Boston this week. Uh, but yeah, he was he definitely was looking pretty good. He played played against London, too, that, that match was not as good. Uh, (laughs) another player that they picked up was FRD, um, who also saw significant playing time to the, um, disdain of everybody in the, uh, the league. Everyone wants to see Daco play. They don't want to see FRD play anymore. Um, especially after an unsuccessful week for the Atlanta rain. Uh, but it's interesting. We got, we got these two, these two pickups, uh, this week by Atlanta and they're both featuring them heavily um, despite them just joining the team Uh, and they have options on the bench Joe what what did you what what do you think about I mean FRD Baby Bay they're pretty they're talented people Um, but was it was that the best best choice to to immediately throw these guys in yeah it's interesting you know on um, on the one hand, you know, it's early in this stage. Maybe Atlanta was sort of um, just like looking to test them out a little bit um, in this uh, 
be you know the beginning of the stage to see exactly what they're looking at and with a two and seven map differential over two maps or over um two matches you know maybe that wasn't the best decision but um but yeah i don't know it's um the, whether the uh the choice to, to play uh you know baby bay and frd um this week was like a competitive decision or whether it was just sort of a um you know organizational decision um you know if nothing else um making some same about it. hey hey we've got players and uh here's what they look like and here's you know um here's the playing that can be valuable um again as and you know being an organization and and sharing with your fans but um yeah it was definitely not super helpful um for you know atlanta fans looking for some wins in this first week yeah um and everyone's mainly just mad about about Daco, who's who's known as one of the best Korean contenders, flex tanks, and he's barely seen action out there on the Atlanta Reign, so everyone's confused about that, I guess. Um be nice to see him. Uh nice to see if he if he can live up to that hype. Uh, apparently he isn't in scrims because he's not playing. Uh but yeah, we move on to some coach news. Da- coach Damon from uh Paris Eternal uh, has been dropped by Paris Eternal as the head coach already. <clears throat> uh, they already said bye to him. That stage one was so bad they they said goodbye, and now he is immediately on another team. Luckily, he's he's coaching. He's a tank coach for Dallasville, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was the title. Um, Joe, was it time to was it time to clean house already for Paris? Is this a good move? Uh I mean, you know, it sounds. Uh... The, some of the posts they made, you know, made it sound like partly it was, um, you know, a choice by Tayman that hmm. um, he, he would he would rather uh, go over to Dallas uh, than Paris. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with sure Paris had a disappointing um, first stage, but yeah, I don't know if it was you know so much of a like a house cleaning move as just um, you know trying to uh, see what else is going on. I mean, you know, cause, uh, Kai Kai is still at Paris. Uh, Fefe is uh, now head coach at Paris. Um, they've got some, you, you know, there's definitely some talent there and, and you know, Paris, um, going one and one last week. There's, um, the, the, with two, um, really one-sided matches either way, but, um, this is, so, you know, there's definitely, um, some progress to be made for Paris, but they're, they're looking, uh, okay. I think so far, it's just a matter of, um, how this, uh, you know, now that their coaching stuff is shaken down. Yeah, how that pans out <clears throat> and how they adapt to that. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting for Paris making some changes. Hopefully, I, I, I know they want to be elite. They want to be one of the bests. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? But that they have, they, they expect to be the best, it seems. Um, next, a huge trade. This dropped literally right after we recorded our podcast. Um, note to Boston, RCK, or RCK to Boston, note to Dallas. Um, and this is a huge trade because note was like, like he was not only the franchise player of Boston, but it seemed like the, one of the like top guys in the league that would always be on Boston, like always be on their team, you know? Um, he seemed like a consistent pers- player, very good flex tank, who's just consistent in his role. Um, yeah, yeah he and uh, Kellex, now just Kellex is the last um, 
member of the original Buster Boston Uprising squad uh, who's still there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is new, um, you know, from the beginning of season one. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I believe it was Color Hex in an interview uh, after this week saying, like, he's very honest in interviews, just going in depth on the differences between Note and RCK and how they're almost completely different flex players in that RCK is very he's he's trying he's he's an in-game leader trying to sort of create new strategies on the fly confuse the other team um and do do crazy things whereas note is a very consistent does uh exactly what he needs to do um and will always be doing sort of the same thing but he will be doing it um in a great way in a perfect way uh, so they're sort of two play styles completely, but you could totally see you could totally see the difference in Boston's play, where they were um, sometimes they were they were pushing up further than usual. Sometimes they were staying back like they like they would with note. It it was it was really sort of maybe what Boston needed to to sort of be sort of a, a attack more often, get, confuse uh, the other team, and now they have a killer Sombra as well, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it certainly worked out uh, successfully for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. This week, and we haven't. I I feel like note will work out for Dallas too. Uh, we haven't. Dallas and Houston both did not play this week. Um, they got their bye weeks early in the stage, and I, it's because of that Dallas weekend that we're gonna get. Uh, but yeah, we didn't get to see note on Dallas yet. Uh, we will this week. Uh, but I, I think that I think both trades will I think the trade will be good for both teams. Um, I think both of these players are are very good. Um, I think it's a pretty even trade. Do you, do you agree, Joe, or do you think it was one sided at all? It, it, you know, I think it I think it works. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, notes uh, in particular wasn't seeing tons of playtime uh, for Boston uh, over people like uh, Axiom or. Um, Who's was playing diva for them? Uh, I don't know, but not note uh, very often in the first stage. But um, yeah, so you know, hopefully we get a little bit more action uh, here with Dallas this next week. Um, and other than that, you know, I think it's it is going to be successful. Uh, hopefully for both teams, because you know that's the goal. Um, and you know, we actually don't see very many player for player trades in Overwatch League, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, just I... from an observer standpoint. I love that. I, I love player player trades. Player money is boring. Boring for me. <laughs> um, we have more Dallas news. Effect has retired. He came out. Um, he, he made a long post. He has retired um, to be expected, I, I think. I mean, he barely saw play in the first stage. I know we all know he's he's having he's he's had tr- his troubles in the past and Whatever's best for his mental health, I think, in this situation, uh, is what what is needed for effect. It's it's upsetting. Maybe one day we can uh, get him back in the league when he's when 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 he's uh, gone through all this and hopefully feeling better because he's a fantastic tracer player, a fantastic DPS player. Uh, but yeah, effect retiring. He, yeah, he uh, wrote about he wrote he wrote a lot about some of these things he was going through too and you know just saying that it's not um you know productive not helpful for him to to try to be an overwatch league player you know in the middle of all that but 
Um, yeah, you know, amazing at what he does. Um, and, you know, he's uh, an asset for Dallas that unfortunately they won't have now. But, um, uh, you know, obviously all the best to him that he's, um, he, you know, so he got to put himself first, um, mm-hmm. you know, over his team or over his career, all that. So it, yeah. it's it'll be good for him, hopefully. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, on to another Boston signing here. Uh, they signed Persia the same day they got RCK. Uh, so this one, I feel like, kind of flew under the radar. Uh, they signed a player named Persia. He's from Talent Esports, which is a part of Contenders Pacific. Um, so this one is a, another relatively unknown player that uh, Huck could have just snatched from somewhere. Um, and he's, so far, he's been a hell of a scouting, a hell of a guy at scouting talents. So... Um, Joe, you know nothing about this player either, right? I, I, I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Um, he's a, what, flex support, I think. Yes. So. Zenyatta Moira. And Liquipedia even says he can play Genji. Oh, well, there you go. You can come in and, um, you know, rotate with Neko, I guess, is the plan. Yeah. Um, I, I hope we can see, see what he does. Um. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. His name, his real name is Zion Yang. So if if you're a college basketball fan, uh, maybe he is the Zion Williamson of Overwatch League, and we just don't know. Um, he's, he's he's secretly sponsored without anybody knowing about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a thing, right? Yes. Um. Uh. Oh, you said Neko. You meant Aim God. That's why I was confused. Neko's on Toronto now, right? Because okay, because yeah. that's not a. I, I, I don't know why I keep getting like Boston and Toronto. Because there's a today. lot of old Toronto. There's a lot of old Boston <laughs> players on Toronto. It's confusing. I know. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah. Toronto. They're basically the same. You know. <laughs> Boston had Toronto esports at one point as their contenders team. That's yeah. it. Makes sense. They're, um, they're pretty close geographically for what that sort of exactly. Uh, speaking of Toronto, that's a perfect segue, Joe, into uh, two things that happened to them. First of all, Stellar retired. Um, I don't think he... Did he play at all? Uh, stage one, I, I assume he did. I don't know why he wouldn't have. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I just don't remember him playing at all for some reason. Let me see. That's mainly why. Um, it'll say on the website. Yeah, he probably did. He probably did. Um, uh, he's no longer on the website. Oh, so well, that would make sense because he is retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this and and this is leading into um, a pickup for for Toronto here because they picked up a DPS player to replace him, and that is I'm 37. It's probably one of the most remarkable pickup stories ever because um, the timeline for I'm 37 is quite ridiculous if you haven't heard yet. Um, basically, March 14th, he joined a an open division team called Wavecheck, uh, for which he then, 10 days later on March 24th, got picked up by contenders team Second Wind, uh, so immediately into contenders, 
on March 24th, and then April 1st, April Fool's Day, uh, he departed Second Wind to join the Overwatch League seven days later. Um, so what is that? 17 days into this guy's professional Overwatch career, and he is already on the Toronto Defiant, um, starting, may I add, and, and playing almost every map for this team, which is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's quite, quite crazy. I haven't seen this much trivia on like a Wiki, Wikipedia page either, especially for a player who just joined the league. Um, <laughs> I guess they learned a lot about him. Uh, but yeah, his first career win as a player on second wind was within three days of practice, uh, which is crazy. This I, he's he's come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden he is he's there in the league. Um, were you impressed by his play, Joe? Um, I think so. Yeah, um, he's definitely gonna be able to to hold his own against people like. Um... Or hold his own with, uh, you know, teammates like Asher or Ivy. Uh, we also saw Asher for the first time for, mm-hmm. uh, for Toronto this week. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be good. You know, he's uh, made a splash um, there in that first day against uh, what Washington. Uh, the that post match interview with Danny. If you uh, go back and look at that, uh, when uh, I think if I remember right, that was like set up that he'd been uh, or that he was like pranking. Uh, yeah, pr- pranking um, uh, Danny, the the translator, because <laughs> he actually he you know has really good English, and so he was um, he, he gave his interview in English and all that. So, but uh, but yeah, so make it making a splash um, definitely for Toronto fans. So same sort of thing I was talking about for um, uh, for Atlanta. You know that um, you know to to have him there. Uh, the the giant star power that he's sort of exploded into being, uh, and, and being able to play him and, and show him off, I think is uh, is going to be successful. I think are going to be valuable uh, for this team off this first week. Yeah, um, but he is not thirty seven. Just to let you guys know, uh, uh, he is nineteen years old. <laughs> I wish he was thirty seven. That would be even cooler. <laughs> Just this thirty seven year old. Uh, from, from who's been living in Canada is just like I'm pretty good at Overwatch and everyone's just picking him up. I would love to see one day a 37 year old in Overwatch League. Uh, but yeah, we move on to the last piece of news, which is actually pretty big news, and this happened like after day one of 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 the uh, stage two Overwatch League and. I think it was it was pretty shocking. Florida was like, "Hey, we're going to commit to an all-Korean roster and they're not even going to bench their non-Korean players. They're just going to drop them." Um, Tavik, apply McGravy. Um, McGravy looking good towards the end of the last stage too, and they just said, "Nah, we we want all-Korean." Um, first, according to Joe here on the rundown, first Owl team to lose all its season 1 stage 1 roster. Um, yeah, even somebody before on Reddit Shanghai. Did a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody on Reddit did a uh, a rundown of all that, and so yeah, like Kellex is the only one left from Boston, um, but yeah, Florida is the first one to completely drop it. Yeah, uh, I mean they're probably the least successful franchise so far in the Overwatch League, especially since Shanghai is looking better now. 
Um, sure. If you, I mean, last year it's obviously Shanghai, but if you include what we have so far of season two, Florida still is garbage, and Shanghai has some actual talent now. Um, so. and, and sort of a weird management decision too, just in terms of you know that uh, lots of the Florida administration has been back and forth about oh you know we're not. Um, we're not really going to try to go, you know, for an all Korean roster. That's uh, that's not, you know, like the only option that we see, um, and all this until, you know, finally deciding, eh, you know, that is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, this is sort of, you know, in a press release that didn't mention, um, you know, any of their, um, I guess both North American and European, um, you know, players by name or anything. It's just, it's just weird. Um, there was an exchange. I'm trying to remember was uh, I, th- I think this was with uh, uh, Kate the GM for Washington Justice w- was talking about Florida um, uh, pretty sure that's what it is and doing some trash talk and then Hex's response was yeah well come back when you have more than one win <laughs> <laughs> and then Hex and Kate got in a Twitter feud so that was fun yeah yeah I saw that but, yeah I don't know just an interesting I mean Florida's got to do something right I don't know. So you would think. I mean, you can make an all Korean roster that's bad is the issue. It's not that's not like the answer is like just put just put six Koreans out there and we win, right? Like you have to put six Koreans who are good at Overwatch in there. <laughs> um, yeah. So you are good at Overwatch together. Yes, exactly. That's the other thing. <laughs> um Yeah, they have some talent especially Saya player uh, but some of these players are not are not the best together um, and they they ended up looking better this week but uh, still going out too uh, we'll get into that more right now actually we're gonna recap the week finally what you guys have been have been waiting for um, and I was so excited going into this week and the first match was such a disappointment that I was like oh no is this what's gonna happen this week is am i just going to be so disappointed and sad um but then we got a reverse sweep the next game uh by boston um uh, do you want to talk about philly new york at all i mean new york yeah, i mean this is good. not much to say <laughs> uh, yeah new york is good sure enough uh you know I, I had called um that it was possible at least for philly to come in and win um obviously it didn't happen uh they did show us lots of fun stuff though yeah. Uh, this this very first match of the week was the first time we saw Paris, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's why I was it, disappointed was because Philly was the one who was showing non goats, and New York was pretty much all goats, and New York was just destroying them. So it was like, oh god, is goats just this good? But it turns out, I mean, I forgot to take into account New York's just really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so our, you know, our first week at or our first look at you know the stage two meta and all that, but. No, it wasn't a very exciting match. You're right. <laughs> it was cool to see that Philly was trying that stuff out, but they were miserably failing at trying that stuff out. So it was scary at the same time. You're like, oh no, is this? are these strategies really just bad? But Philly just didn't look good at all either. Um, luckily, they got a win later in the week, or else we might be talking lots of crap about this team right now. But um, I am a little down on them. Um, yeah. As a as a Philly fan, are, are you worried, Joe? Um, you know, I mean, we definitely expected, 
you know, better than a 4-0 for sure. Uh, you know, to come back later in the weekend and beat Florida, who we lost to earlier, is something. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, beating Florida 3-1 is, is only so much of a comfort. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, Philly, Philly, uh, they're going down on my power rankings list in my head a little bit um, as time goes on here. But I, I, they have talent, and I trust that they can get, they can fix their issues. Boston, the first of two reverse sweeps this week, um, and they did, they did just come off a reverse sweep against Dallas to end the last stage. Um, if you don't include stage playoffs, because they lost in stage playoffs to Vancouver, um, but they reverse sweep Dallas, and now they reverse sweeped Atlanta, who. Who brought up Baby Bay, um, and Baby Bay, I think, looked pretty good out there. Um, I don't think as good as DeFran, but I think he looked pretty pretty good. And Boston brought out RCK, who I think, specifically this match, was the MVP um, for Boston. He looked really good, and I, I don't think, with note, they could have reverse swept here, honestly. RCK was doing super well. Um, Boston, they're, they're, they're slowly, um, (laughs) slowly climbing the standings. I don't know if you've, you've looked at the standings lately, Joe, but, um, I mean, two wins definitely helps. They're sitting at, um, what, sixth overall in the stage, but all the way up to fifth in the league. Yeah. Fifth, fifth overall. And this is a team people once again, power ranked in like the bottom four, bottom five of this league. Um, I, even I power rank them lower than I probably should have at like twelfth or thirteenth or something, but th- that's still way higher than most people had them. Uh, I think, I think this if this doesn't secure that if Boston like wipes their team out once again next year and completely like starts anew just like they did this year, I, I think if Boston does that, that people are <laughs> people are finally not going to doubt them. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, they they're six and three now. Um after this one they're five and three, another reverse sweep. I mean, I don't know what it is about the first two games of series, but but they look like a completely different team on the last three maps every time. Uh and Hangzhou week uh week two, London week three, and also Vancouver, but you know Yeah. Uh, definitely definitely potentially some more wins coming their way too. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we move on to LA Gladiators back in play for the first time since Stage One, Week Four. It's been a while. I think maybe Shanghai too. Um, did Shanghai play Week Five? No, uh, they, I don't know. no, they did not. So yeah, uh-huh. both of these teams. First time we saw them in at like three weeks. So uh, it was great to see them both back on stage and the Gladiators. Pull it out three to one, um, and you just hate to see this sort of schedule for Shanghai um, this week facing New York and LA Gladiators. Uh, unfortunately, making their record look a lot worse than I think what their what their talent shows. Um, because they played they played some of these maps real close with with the Gladiators. Some weren't as close. Some pretty pretty close. Uh, so <clears throat> it it was overall a good match. LA Gladiators. After this week, um, I think these guys are the real deal. They're good. I think they're for fi- sure. I think they're finally elite. 
Yeah, and uh, particularly the one map that Shanghai did take uh, off of LA Gladiators, you know, I'll highlight, uh, you know, DM on Widowmaker, they played Busan, was, uh, you know, uh, pretty much dominating uh, Surefor's Widow, uh, particularly Mecha Base, I know, on that map, but um, this was cool to see, you know, because DM on Widow we haven't uh, gotten to see tons of yet, but um, even the, the Widowmaker 1v1 champion of, of last season, uh, you know, having some troubles up against him. <laughs> yeah, I think Surefor's been having some troubles overall this season too, though. Um, not playing up to to my expectations for him, and uh, he's he's been he's been on the bench a majority of the time as well. So, um, and also, LA apparently just hates hates winning the first map they also got 2-0'd by Seoul later in the week on their first map and as a gladiator fan i recall them often losing the first map they really don't like it um they, they don't like starting out strong uh but it's fine because they always they always end up winning winning um the second map usually uh and and keeping it tied 1-1 at the half is what what i've noticed as a as a gladiator sure. fan uh, then we move on to Paris, 4-0 in Guangzhou, and after this week, I am embarrassed to have Guangzhou as my number seven in my power rankings. I don't know what I was thinking on that one, um, but yeah, Paris coming out, um, 4-0 in Guangzhou, and they got to play a lot of DPS heroes, and you got to see Shadowburn on, on some Genji this week and stuff like that. Um, where where what are you thinking about about Paris here in stage two so far, Joe? It's it's sort of interesting. We thought, um, like you said, we thought Guangzhou was going to be a, a better DPS team than they they showed us. I think in this series, um, it's safe to say it was. Uh, I guess not the only one they played this week. They also lost to San Francisco, but um, but yeah, definitely were not uh, you know performing the way we thought um, they'd be here against Paris. Um, and then of course Paris uh, lost another decisive match later, but uh, but yeah, not close uh, really on Oasis or on Paris, uh, which the map, not the team in this case. But uh, and then you know at least a little bit closer there in the some of the escort type maps. But uh, yeah, Paris looking really nice. Uh, Shadowburn Sfara is just good. I, I, I still really like it. Uh, it's uh, you know season one. Uh, when he was playing for Philly, you know, that was, like, one of the reasons I liked Philly. It was Shadowburn's Farah, um, and it's still really good. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is this this one, rather than their other match, um, is the type of match that we want to see off of Paris, uh, or certainly the type of match that Paris wants to see off of Paris. Yes. Um, and, and I want to take this opportunity. Guangzhou uh, having some team issues. Hangzhou having some team issues. I just want to talk about expansion teams because they started out um, fantastic, right? And expansion teams were doing super well in GOATS, were looking like they, they were the real deal. Um, and I just want to take a look at the regular season standings now. And in the top eight, we only have two expansion teams where I, th I feel like we had a lot more. Um, going into stage one toronto and vancouver are the only ones left in the top eight as london starts to pick up their pace as gladiators finally start to get wins under their belt um and of course you have boston philly shock um all especially boston rising in the standings lately um and sort of t t toronto has has had to make some moves because of some retirements 
Um, you got Atlanta having DeFran retire and they're them dropping out of the top eight completely over there. Um, the only expansion team I really see on the rise is, of course, Vancouver. They're always on the rise. Uh, but Chengdu, right, um, who looked really good this week and yeah. <laughs> looked like a top team, honestly. Coming up into uh, just made 10th this week with their uh, fifth win. Yeah, um, but it, it, overall, how how are things? What is the forecast for the expansion teams? You think, Joe? Like all of them are are going through some stuff right now. It seems like and performing a little worse than everyone thought they would. Having some cohesion issues when it comes to Hangzhou, Guangzhou, um, and of course you have, I mean, you have Paris who under who greatly underperformed Atlanta. All these teams who, and I I think we both agreed that Toronto's not as good as their record shows. Um, what's, what's the forecast for these expansion teams? Do they, are they gonna, when are they gonna, you know, finally become cohesive groups that can, that can rise back up in the standings here? Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, inter- interesting, you know, sort of implication there that, um, you know, as the season goes on, they're sort of starting to, to, uh, uh, what flag behind is that a word yeah. that, they're, that they're getting tired and they're you know running out of maybe the stamina that some of these um, other more experienced teams might have um, which I, I mean that makes possible um, you know even even season one was a really long season um, and you know the way they've got this uh, season two set up it's you know um, on a calendar it's even longer Um Yes, I think there could be some value to that for sure. Hopefully, the uh, you know the mid-season break um, hopefully gives some people a little bit of time to 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 sort of gather things together again. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, you know it is definitely true that um, lots of these expansion teams can be uh, uh, you, you, you know can be contenders. You know, we saw that in, in stage one. I don't think. Um, you know, we have any reason to, to see that as an outlier, um, but yeah, in the meantime, they're uh, to, to trying to make sure they can actually, um, you, you know, build up the endurance to get through, uh, you, you know, the whole season, uh, <laughs> rather than um, you know the, the race to stage uh, stage playoffs where you know we saw um, a, a good amount of these expansion teams. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I I think it is it could possibly be some fatigue we're getting further as we get further in the season maybe they're getting a little bit more tired uh, because th- all these expansion teams do have pure talent uh, but they don't have talent who who are obviously experienced in overwatch league as much as uh, the teams that were in there last year obviously they're they're used to the long grueling season and this is even less of a grueling season according to Nate Nancer and the changes they made uh, because a lot of them were made in order to make it less grueling. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just going to take some some experience for these teams. Um, and it's especially, I mean, some teams it's just going to take getting used to. For some teams, they've just got to learn how to be a cohesive unit, especially Hangzhou, Guangzhou. They both have tons of talent, um, which is unfortunate. That, that they're underperforming here um but let's let's move on we're deep into this podcast so i'm just going to try to skim through the rest of this um and talk about some teams that we haven't talked about yet uh london spitfire it works uh we mentioned them 
I just mentioned them a little bit uh, that they're looking a little they're looking a little better. They picked up two wins this week, Joe. One against the Mayhem in a match that I that I think I messaged you and I was like, London sucks at goats. This is embarrassing <laughs> to watch uh, because yeah. they played very close with the Florida Mayhem. Yeah, and it was you know another situation they you know sort of pulling things out better at the end, but yeah, it didn't look super. Uh, they didn't um, you know rise very far above uh, Florida for sure in this match. Yes, uh, but then they rose very far above Atlanta Rain later in the week and 4-0'd them a nice little sweep. Uh, I think they looked a lot better here. Um, and they, I mean, this just proves, they, they look bad at times, but I think this just proves that they have, they have so much potential as a team and obviously they won the championship that last year. They, if things are bad, things can always be good for this for this Absolutely. roster yeah and if you're a uh, this isn't the the series that i picked this week to go back and rewatch. Um, but if you are a devo player go back and rewatch this uh london versus atlanta series um just because uh, i think fury had five grav eats in like two maps <laughs> um that he was, was hungry just, it was just amazing uh against against baby bay zarya which was not looking super great but um but yeah, it was super impressive. Yep, Baby Bay a little shaky, but yeah, uh, very hungry boy. We'll move on here to Toronto, um, who who we both ranked pretty low in our power rankings, I believe, Joe. I like had him like 14th. I can't remember where you had him. We had him super low compared to their record, especially. They came out and they beat Washington. Um, obviously, nothing special to do that. Um, but I think the key match we want to talk about here for Toronto is Boston versus Toronto, where they came out 2-0, uh, which, which everybody does against Boston, apparently, and then uh, got reverse swept. Um, and Boston looked pretty good, especially on Rialto holding holding Toronto to zero points there. Um, I mean, was this game more of a Toronto throw or a Boston comeback? Uh, are you worried about Toronto after this? Um, yeah, no, I think uh, probably this was more um, Boston just being really good. You know, I mean, this is a team that's gotten now three reverse sweeps in a row. That's a league record uh, that, you know, they're, they're showing us what they're about. Uh, and like, like I said, sort of uh, looking ahead, they've got a couple more wins, um, you know, potentially coming uh, in this stage already. But, uh, but yeah, Boston looking really uh, really solid against, uh, you know, again, a Toronto team that's, um, you know, had a couple of roster changes that they're uh, still trying to feel out. But even then, it was it was a good match for sure. Yeah, uh, Toronto's next match against Dallas. That should be a very interesting one. Um, and I think that's a big test for Toronto, especially for us too, um, to figure out if they are actually the real deal or not, because I think we both think they aren't. Um so it'll be interesting to see how, how they match up to Dallas uh, because Dallas is sort of middle of the pack team right now. Yeah. Uh, so if they if they if they're able to stop them, then yeah, I feel like they would be the real deal. Um, but then again, Dallas either gets stomped or it's a good game. Um, that's they really like to get O Ford, which is not good for getting into stage playoffs apparently. Yeah. Um. Well, so we haven't talked about, of course, Chengdu quite yet, uh, but I think we we should talk about LA Gladiators' Seoul Dynasty a little bit because this is the first match uh, 
uh, where that Fisher played against one of his old teams and hasn't won. He, I didn't know that was, I, I did not know that he is undefeated against his old teams. Uh, London, he has never lost to London. Um, he has now lost to Gladiators. This was the first time. When it went to map five, I was like, oh God, Fisher's just gonna, just gonna pull it out here. He, he just cannot lose to his old teams but how how did the gladiators do it joe how did they do this yeah i uh watch this match and actually this is the um the match that i've um you know picked that you should go rewatch if you can um but yeah it was really back and forth um uh, you know as far as that goes soul uh picking up oasis um 2-0 but then gladiators come back with two and soul with one and then gladiators taking Li Zhang at the end um yeah back and forth a lot um, and we saw lots of different types of um, of strategies too. You know, everything from the um, the the bastion um, and that sort of thing. LA Gliders had a really really solid uh, point B defense on Paris um, against Seoul. That you know doesn't always happen. Usually, point B is pretty um, attacker favored. Um, all the way down to to Kings Row and uh, Gibraltar, they went to uh, I guess four rounds technically, um, two for each. Um, but yeah, it was um, you know exciting, pretty back and forth. Um, uh, like I said, this is like my match of the week um, after having seen it. Uh, yeah, that it was cool, and uh, yeah, sure enough, uh, Fisher not quite able to <laughs> to carry Soul past this one. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, but both of these teams I think are great teams. Um, I definitely think they could be top top teams at the end of this. Uh, both of them have, I mean, Soul has has looked a little bit flaky here and there, but Gladiators are just looking so, so strong. Like, they're clearly streaking. They're clearly having a nice little win streak here that's just looking really, really good um, for them. What is the, what's the Gladiators schedule looking like here? Let's see. Um, they face Valiant and Guangzhou next week, so two pretty... Two pretty easy teams. They could easily continue the win streak. Then, then they face the main Florida Chengdu, and then Boston in week yeah. five. Okay, so this stage is not that hard, especially compared to last stage, uh, which was super tough. And finishing three and four for Gladiators was not bad at all. It's true. Um, so Gladiators looking looking a lot better um, lately. So. Uh, this this team, I, w- I would very much expect him to see in stage playoffs, this stage, especially after this really good win against Seoul. Uh, I think the Seoul was their hardest hardest game, if not Chengdu. This this off uh, the stage. stage, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Um. So this is a huge win for them. Uh, and let's move on before I go to Chengdu because that's. That's my game to rewatch. Let's. I want to just talk about Vancouver real quick and their game against Hangzhou because specifically, Joe, did you watch King's Row? I don't believe so. No, not from this series. Because they once again pulled it out, Joe. They once again, Hangzhou once again said, "Oh, like we'll easily take all three points here on King's Row with with like two th- two three minutes to spare, which is rare at King's Row, you know." And uh, Vancouver says, "Okay, we'll 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 break another record. We'll we'll break another record. It just clears through the map like five minutes to spare. Insane. Once again, Vancouver just 
if if Vancouver flounders on defense, you can never ever like expect them to to not just absolutely stomp them on offense. Like that's just what's gonna happen. This team is insane. I can't believe this team. Um, yeah, Hangzhou looking just disjointed. As I just wanted to bring up Kings Row because Vancouver is. It's just crazy how often they on defense they're just like they give up three points. It feels like they're almost doing it on purpose at this point. They're just like, yeah, we suck at defense. I don't care. And then they're like, and then they just easily sweep through the map. Um, it's fun to watch. Yeah, uh, but let's move on. To... And lots of four O's on Sunday, just in general. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought we were gonna get four, but Chengdu failed me. Um, <laughs> speaking of Chengdu, they did four O Paris Eternal after Paris Eternal four O Guangzhou, um, which doesn't bode doesn't seem like it bodes well for Guangzhou at all. But I do, I think me and Joe both talked about this in our power rankings. I think Chengdu's are the real deal this stage um the meta is finally shifting towards their play style i think everyone had this team like bottom three um but they looked really good against justice they looked really really good against paris um and they they have so much fun while doing it uh you mentioned to me joe 27 heroes played against in that justice game not just Chengdu, both between yeah. washington and Chengdu, uh but that's a record obviously <laughs> 27 heroes that's crazy uh this team just has so much fun and they win and that's that's just that's game changing because every every other team's like oh let's follow the meta they're like meta zombies you know <laughs> And that's that's what I describe almost every team in Overwatch League to be. Like they have to follow the meta, and there's no like they'll they'll throw in like a new play or a new new way to attack every once in a while. But Chunk Do just comes out with a new strategy every time uh, for every single map and makes every single attack, every single moment so entertaining because you have no clue what they're going to be doing. And they know how. Uh to be to successfully do what they're trying to do too uh, they're really confident in these weird things that they they, they pull off mm-hmm. um it makes me wonder do you think once i mean figuring out chunk do is a hard thing to do but do you think as the season goes on teams do start to figure out chung do and their zany play style and that hurts them in the end do you see that at all yeah, i mean you know the more they you know the more they play the more um, you know, data and footage and all that these opponents have. I mean, we still haven't seen, um, you know, two of uh, two Chengdu players. You know, they're still, um, I guess, not MIA. But and in fact, I think um, I think I saw that uh, Young Shalong is now uh, either here or on his way uh, uh, to the U.S. out of visa help. But, uh, but but yeah, I think you know, there's definitely the more time we see Chengdu, the more. Um, the more you know data points we'll have but um it's it does it takes a special kind of preparation i think you know to to be prepared either to beat them at their own game which is super difficult or to just be so good what you do that uh that that, you know um off meta actually has a sacrifice yes um chung do they play Shanghai next week, but I'm looking forward to that Gladiators matchup because I think 
that is that is make or break for chunk that's when we figure out is this team elite or or not um because i think they possibly could be elite honestly they're looking really good and they have a lot of talents um and there's finally a chinese roster that is that is working out super well which is fantastic um especially since Guangzhou, Hangzhou, and Shanghai are all not looking the best, right? Um, so Chengdu coming out on top for China so far. Um, I think that's all. Anything else you want to talk about within, within this week? Uh, shot got two four O's, yeah, uh, which um, nobody was really surprised about. No, no, no big news there. They look insane and fantastic I, we shouldn't have to update you on that yeah uh, uh vancouver won la valiant lost was again not super surprising yeah. uh, uh yeah. any other teams we have failed to mention at all i feel like we've taught we've touched like every team pretty much yeah i think so uh good then uh this is interesting we get to move well actually we have an archives event it's true um that 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 uh they're teasing they're teasing a lot i i haven't i haven't looked at too much i saw the twitter video but i haven't seen this article that you posted here uh from the havana sun newspaper um so joe if you want to go if you want to go into this go, go right ahead yeah be my guest yeah. yeah there's not uh, not tons we know like you said uh so far they uh posted you know a fake newspaper article page sort of thing um talking about a um uh, oh, no, no, I forget if it's a brewing company or a coffee company, but uh, some sort of drink company uh, based out of Havana. Uh, um, the, the, this newspaper article was talking about, and then uh, they did post a video, um, you know, uh, with the you know official like Overwatch archives, you know, mission briefing, whatever, um, with a voiceover, um, including uh, Soldier Seventy Six, and I guess a th- or no, it wasn't Athena, it was. Uh, I forget the name of the person who had identified themselves at the end of this, but uh, uh, introducing the uh, Overwatch Archives event, which is going to be called Storm Rising this year, uh, drops Tuesday, April 16th. That's uh, probably after this show's recorded next week. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like exactly a week. Yeah. Uh, assuming the the video is accurate, you'll be able to play uh, like the regular story mode is Tracer, Winston, Mercy, and Genji, which I'm you know whatever they have to do for lore is fine but i'm a little disappointed that winston is the only new uh new character i mean you know tracer and mercy they could use an uprising and genji was in retribution but um uh, mm-hmm. that's that's nice i guess um they're going after uh, uh like we said probably probably said in havana we don't actually know um and they're going after um something related to doomfist um and potentially trying to get dirt on him or his um lawyer question mark uh the omnic the omnic maximilian uh which we've heard about before um so the the story sounds um you know pretty similar ish um to like a retribution uh, type storyline but um obviously it'll be on a new map hopefully that we'll be able to get later uh like rialto which turns uh a year old like probably next month or yeah. something happy birthday uh yeah <laughs> um but yeah it'll be cool 
I kind of uh, hope uh, this this won't happen, but I kind of hope the final boss is like um, is is like actually is Doomfist, and like you have to play against like some like super overpowered Doomfist, just because that would be fun. Yeah, but I doubt that's how it works. I think that'd be cool. One of them had like Arissas, didn't they? Uh, like that a w- bunch of just Arissas. Yeah, that was because that was um, Uprising, and I feel like that was even before they announced Arissa too. I want to say. Yeah, I think that was when they did announce Arissa, and you couldn't even play as Arissa yet. Oh, there you go. Maybe. Yeah, because they had Bastion in there um, too. But yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it looks. It seems like it will be. Havana will be like the new map because in the newspaper article they have a picture that looks like it is in game that they just took. That's true. Uh, of like a, a spawn so, room or something. Yeah, exactly. It looks like that'll that'll probably probably be uh, a new map, um, which I think is another. I think that's a nice place to have another a new map. Um, what happens when they run out of cities in the world? What if they make so many maps that they just run out of cities? I mean, they've made up some cities already, so. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they made up the moon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just go to new planets, also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, new planets. Overwatch. Overwatch discovers a new planet. Okay. Um. Anything else you want to talk about this before we move on to stage two, week two? I don't think so. I mean, you know, we'll. I'm sure there'll be lots of um, teasers and drops here in between now and uh, now and next week. We'll just have to see. Yes. Maybe um, they'll do more new skins and stuff too. That'd be nice. I would love some new skins. Um, yeah, stage two, week two. Uh, of course, if you if you haven't listened to this before, me and Joe, we predict matches uh, every week. We predict four of them. Uh, so we usually like to start out by talking about some matches, just going over them briefly, um, that, that we won't be predicting. Uh, one of those is Vancouver versus Seoul, which is a stage playoff rematch. Of course, Vancouver won that one nice and easy. Uh, Seoul played it a little close on some maps, but I, I think everyone expected Vancouver to win that one. Um, I, I, I don't know if Seoul has too much of a chance of winning this one either. Vancouver just looks so darn good all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so either. You know, it's it's notable that it's happening, but I'm not sure the outcome's going to be any different. Yeah, I'm sure if we would be predicting this, we would both choose Vancouver, nice and easy. Um, Same sort of thing I with think... this next match too. Yeah, um, I think sort of uh, uh, Battle for LA is happening later this week. Uh, it's the last game of the week. It's the first Battle of LA of only two Battles of LA that's happening this year. The second one is happening in Stage 4 when um, they play uh, here in downtown Los Angeles where I actually live. or It's actually four blocks away from me. Uh, so I w- am excited for when that happens. Uh, but this is the first first battle of for LA this this season. Hopefully the fans turn out, but it, it, the Los Angeles Valiant have uh, sucked this year. So I, I expect them to turn out, but it's I think it'll be a little one sided, maybe. Um, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, then, but that's how it goes. Yeah, uh, we predict Philly matches pretty often, so we're not going to be predicting Philly matches this week. Uh, but I think they have two pretty significant matches against Toronto and then London. 
Um, both matches that, uh, based off how they're performing lately, I th- think they're not favored in either, honestly. Um, but I think they're both going to be very close, and hopefully they can pull... If they pull out at least one win, then it's a good week for Philly, if you ask me. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, like you said, this uh, match against London, sort of, uh, it's the second time of the season, and uh, it's the last regular season. Uh, match that they've played London uh, obviously Philly won the first one but yeah like you said it's uh, is it looking more like uh, London's got the advantage um, in this second uh, second head-to-head match oh yeah um, at London's looking really good lately uh, I would I would definitely favor London a little bit more over Philly but uh, we'll see if Philly can pull out that Toronto win I think they'll have a pretty good week they have a tough pretty tough stage playing New York twice so and now they have to face London and Toronto. It's it's a hard stage for Philly. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to what we're predicting here. Last week we went even because I won. Um, you chose Philly over New York. I chose New York over Philly. That gave me an advantage there. Um, but I chose Seoul over Gladiators, and you chose Gladiators. A fantastic pre- prediction, Joe. Um, yeah, I, and, I knew it in my head the whole time, obviously good (laughs) um so we both went three and one and we we broke even i'm still one point ahead in the standings of course you can go on twitter to check out the standings joe uh makes some fantastic graphics on there Uh, but let's move on to the four games we will be predicting this week three of them are on friday um so you know i'm i'm tuning in all of friday to watch watch my teams win uh, the first one is the first game of the day. It's the LA Valiant versus the Atlanta Reign, which I honestly think could be the LA Valiant's first win of the season because Atlanta's struggling right now to find their identity ever since DeFran left. Um, so this this could be a win, Joe. Um, do you take the Valiant to get their first win here? Yeah, I think um, if... Uh... The, you know, if LA Valiant was going to get their first win, I think this definitely could be it for sure. Um, the you know th- that being said, I'm not co- not quite convinced it's going to be that though. Um, the, the, I'm going to pick Atlanta. Um, you know, hopefully they've learned uh, learned some things from this first week, um, and it definitely is going to be close. Actually, I think um, several of these are going to be pretty close this, um, that we're predicting here. But um, but yeah, I think it, while it's definitely. Uh, one of the most likely uh, matches it's ever been for uh, for a Valiant win that I'm not uh, quite convinced it's going to happen here. Yeah. Um, I am so tempted to pick it because I feel like it might happen. But, yeah, I, I think both of these teams are going through struggles right now. Especially Valiant has just went through changes, um, coaching changes, and they're still getting used to that. Atlanta just went through changes. They're still getting used to that. Um, and since both teams are going through changes, I do think Atlanta is a little more talented, even though they're both in down peri- periods. And I'm going to go Atlanta as well. Um, but it is tempting to go Valiant because it seems like it seems like a match – that that they could possibly win um but yeah this should be a good week for atlanta they face they face valiant and then washington so this will be a nice little bounce back hopefully um boston hangzhou the the, the next game on the docket actually boston coming off of their third reverse sweep in a row 
Um, I, I would hope this isn't a reverse sweep because I think Boston should win this um, a little handily over here. So I'll spoil my pick here. Boston wins it for me. Uh, do you think Hangzhou? They've been struggling lately. I feel like they're on a losing streak. Um, yeah, I'd have to you know, look at exactly what the detail is. I'll, but... I'll look it up. I'll look it up while you while you give me your. But pick. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Hangzhou like their their whole big thing was. Um, um, this this star power of Gushui there in the main tank. I think it is going to be a really cool uh, main tank battle here, uh, especially uh, Boston running fusions like um, like I assume they will. I don't know. If, I don't know why they wouldn't. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. S- something uh, something for Hangzhou hasn't been working very much lately, um, and it's uh, you know I'm not convinced it's going to change um, just off of. Um, uh, off of one match and especially off of this Boston team that's like you said doing uh, doing really well there they're uh, on a uh, pretty good streak I think uh, lately yeah uh, Boston's on a nice little winning streak Hangzhou's only on a three game losing streak which is pretty significant I guess because there's only been eight games so far for them um, so it's it's not looking good their last one was against the Gladiators actually um, which I don't like to look back at as a gladiator. That's not fun. Um, yeah, they. It's. I think it's going to be a nice, nice win for Boston. Um, but yeah, Hung, I think Hangzhou. They've definitely shown potential, and at some point, we're going to predict someone beating them, and they're going to say, "No, we're good now." Um, and that, I feel like that's going to happen eventually because they got a lot of talent. Maybe it won't though. And that would be very sad. Um, next, Chengdu versus Shanghai. Another uh, another Chinese matchup here. Uh, and Shanghai's got a tough, tough schedule. You're, you're going to want to think that they're going to want to pick up the win here. Um, but Chengdu, looking unstoppable so far. Um, can, can Shanghai be the first to stop them in, in this DPS meta? Yeah, so I think... Um... Like I mentioned, all four of these matches are going to be pretty close. I think actually the Boston uh, Hangzhou might be um, might be the 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 least close out of the four. Uh, but but yeah, I think uh, you're right. Shanghai is like in a really good position uh, to try to de- to deny um, Chengdu the I guess three zero stage so far. Uh, but will it happen? Is the question. Um, you know, we've seen. Uh, I really like uh, you know the more I the more I watch them I really like Jinbu and Bacon Jack um, over people like um, uh, what Dading and uh, uh, DM and uh, that sort of thing I, I think the the flexibility there in particular is um, really notable uh, in the DPS because I'm sure we're gonna see DPS in this match um, just because why wouldn't we um, mm-hmm. but yeah I, I do want to. Uh, uh, give the, give the edge to Chengdu here. I think uh, you know at, at the risk of uh, us having the same uh, same four picks these uh, this week, but it's uh, it's something that we got to do. I think. Yeah, I think I think we have to be some smart smart analysts here, Joe, uh, because I'm also going Chengdu. I, I just think it's the pick, um, and you do have some DPS favorite maps or Paris and Junker Town, Ooh, yeah. uh, Paris second pair of second points usually a little more goatsy but but first point is definitely a, a dps fiesta <laughs> out in here a lot of bastion 
Um, but yeah, you, you have some DPS heavy maps in here. So, um, yeah, I, I would go Chengdu here. I think it's, I think it's a nice, probably like a three, one win for Chengdu. It's unfortunate for Shanghai that they were, are going to have to continue to lose because I think everyone likes, likes their team. Uh, we move on to our last, which is on Sunday. Uh, the first game on Sunday, Dallas fuel versus the Paris eternal, uh, Dallas Fuel is going to be coming off of uh, either a win or a loss to Toronto, which I think is going to be uh, a good match there on Saturday. Uh, but this, I believe this is Paris. No, Paris faces Florida on Thursday, uh, which should hopefully be a win for them. And if not, I, honestly, if, if Paris loses, I, d I don't know if I could even take them in this match. But um, we don't know what's going to happen, Joe. Uh, who, who do you think is going to win this match? Um, yeah, and I think, uh, like I said, another really close series. I've just said that every single time now. But um, I think the edge here has to go to Dallas, actually. Um, uh, you, you know, we can mention Paris had a weird week last week. Uh, you, you know, win a decisive 4 and then also losing a pretty decisive 4 uh, But Dallas also has been off since um, either week 4 or week 5 of Stage 1. Um, that they, did, they didn't play at all. Um, last week, uh, let's see, what did they play? Yeah, they did play. Uh, they did play week five, but they had you know a three-week break now, including a bye in week one, um, and that is going to be um, you know I think helpful for them uh, coming into this matchup. That uh, I think Dallas has got a bit of an edge. Um. Yeah. I. I. I, I don't know. We haven't seen Dallas with note yet. But I, I don't like I don't like how Paris has been performing lately. Are, are we gonna have is this gonna be the first week we all choose we choose the same the same team? I don't know or should we, I we, we try to avoid that when we pick the matches, but I do think this I, I do think this is gonna be I do think this is gonna be a close one. I I do think either one could win. So honestly, I'll just for the sake of having a different pick, I'm gonna go Paris here because I think I think both these teams are pretty even, um, and I think we're. <laughs> I think by Sunday we'll I we'll know more about who's going to win this game because we'll finally see Dallas for the first time this stage against Toronto, uh, which will be super helpful to figure this out. <laughs> uh, but based off, it's it's super hard to pick Paris based off how they've looked so far because they got they four would Guangzhou but then they got four would. Um, but Chengdu's pretty good. Um, it's okay. I've made some picks sometime just to be contrary, also. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Paris. <laughs> I'll go Paris because I, I do think they can win. I'm not just doing this to be the opposite. I, I do think they could possibly win here against Dallas. This is gonna be, it's gonna be a close one. Um, and Joe, you tweeted out our MVPs. We didn't even mention our MVPs, did we? It's true. On it, this it podcast. A, it might have been a subtle <laughs> reminder. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> um we we pick mvps of the week every every week and we failed to do that i guess this week until uh, joe came in and he saved the day um joe who, who was your mvp of last week yeah so uh my mvp again like i said the uh the match that i want people to go rewatch is uh gladiators versus soul and obviously that was a gladiators win uh you know so you, you kind of have to think um, sure enough, it is going to be a Gladiators player. My MVP for the week is uh, Decay. 
uh, coming in, you know, super young. This is his first season, um, and just really wrecking face. Uh, <laughs> both the matches Gladiators played against um, against Seoul and against uh, Shanghai, he got uh, the uh, player of the match both times uh, from the from the talent. But yeah, he just really uh, really good series on Zarya, especially um, you know because that that's his goat's role uh, for the Gladiators, and you know uh, pulling out really uh needed wins for this squad for sure yeah uh as a gladiators fan i love your choice absolutely um and as as sort of i'm becoming sort of a boston fan over here and i think color hex especially in their match against toronto was a huge reason why uh boston is getting these these reverse sweeps and now the color hex is finally on these dps heroes i think he's he's been an okay zarya but on these dps heroes, he really really shines he's looking a lot better um and he's looking like he has carry potential absolutely for this team so my mvp is color hex uh, i think he absolutely was a, a key part of both of both of their reverse sweeps i think rck helped out a lot on the first one but i think the second one it was a lot of color hex um yeah at boston i'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with this talent and hopefully it doesn't involve trading them away <laughs> uh hopefully it involves winning a championship with them maybe that'd um, be crazy but yeah that would be crazy honestly um yeah that's we never end on our mvp of last week usually but i guess that's what we're doing Joe. it works though. Um, it works yeah it, it does work mvp is a nice little thing to build build towards uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys want to follow us on social media, my personal social media account is JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. Uh, we have a show Twitter account at On The Flank Show. You could tweet at us topics you would like us to talk about. You could also see all of Joe's fantastic graphics there on our weekly predictions. Um, and our MVPs every week. We also tweet out shows, obviously. We have an email on theflinkshow at gmail.com if you want to email us any topics you'd like us to talk about. Uh, you are listening to this in one way. If you would like to listen to it in a different way, you could go to ontheflink.podbean.com. You can go to my YouTube channel, uh, John George, uh, which will be more easily found on my Twitter account. Uh, you can go to iTunes. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We are on all those podcast services. Uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, enjoy Stage 2, Week 2. Uh, it's going to be another fantastic week. <laughs>